With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Another 478 COVID-19 test results are in. There are three positive community tests. Two of these community positives um, were people who are already isolating as the household of a primary contact in the first community outbreak, which we became aware of on Wednesday, the 8th of September. The third person was also related to this, but originally was only known to be a secondary contact. The chief medical officer says this latest person went into isolation yesterday. This person is not vaccinated and had begun working at doctor's hospital in the screening service for SARS-CoV-2 around a month ago. The person did not have any symptoms and was screened as part of a weekly program that the person was entered into. Dr. John Lee says the doctor's hospital screening program is run separately than the in and outpatient services. It is felt that there is very little risk to any member of the public from the work-related event. In addition, the person would have been wearing full personal protective equipment with any dealings with the public. The CMO says Doctors Hospital is working very closely with public health to assist with contact tracing, as well as undergoing its own risk assessment. To me, this really stresses the importance of compliance with public health requests to isolate, where people can pop up from where you're not expecting them to be and potentially spread SARS-CoV-2. Please do comply with public health and not only with when they ask you to isolate, but also when they're asking you for information and gathering information around any uh, contact tracing process. As to the vaccination number, clinics were closed Monday, so our latest information there is unchanged. 77% of the island's population has had at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. 71% have completed the two-dose course. The Cayman Islands Chamber of Commerce and government leaders agree to work together to develop a communication strategy for reopening the islands. Actually, stemming back to the uh, July legislative luncheon when the Premier announced the uh, the reopening plan for the country. And everyone, there was, it was a, sort of a breath of, of relief and a sigh of hope that there would be something in the horizon that we could start planning towards and give people hope. Chamber President Mike Gibbs says when the Premier announced the reopening would be paused after the first few cases of local transmission, that hope was dashed, something that was particularly hard on small businesses. Their hopes were, were destroyed and deflated and they reached out to us saying, you know, what can we do? As an advocate for its membership, which Mike Gibbs says is 70 percent small and micro businesses, the chamber decided to reach out to government, as well as prior presidents of the chamber, compiling information and concerns. But the focus was also on offering to help find a way to make reopening happen sooner rather than later. The reality is we do need to be able to live and move forward with COVID in the community, very much like we live with the flu in the community and have done for many years. And it appears that COVID is going to be with us uh, on a go forward basis. So we need to learn how to deal with it and manage it. Which is why the chamber believes assisting with the development of a communication strategy is so critical. Done well, the organization believes it can reduce fear and misconceptions after so many months of life in the COVID-free bubble. We've been in a bubble for so long, we're now trying to go from zero to, I wouldn't say 100 miles an hour, but we we haven't had a gradual process. It's, uh, it, it's a very steep process that we need to deal with. So I think the education is therefore very key on to 
get people comfortable in how to get to that point. The chamber expressed appreciation at the willingness of the Premier, the Honourable Wayne Panton, and Tourism Minister, the Honourable Kenneth Bryan, to meet, as well as their openness to hear the concerns of the business community. The chamber and government have agreed to meet regularly to closely monitor the progress of the strategy once it's implemented. The Cayman Islands Regiment, fresh off cleanup duty with the passage of two storms in August, is back out on the streets, helping the community stay safe after the recent COVID-19 outbreak at Georgetown Primary School. At midday on Saturday, the Cayman Islands Regiment was contacted by Hazard Management Cayman Islands with a request to support uh, food and water distribution to over 120 families across Cayman who were quarantining due to the COVID-19 virus. Commanding Officer Simon Watson tells Radio Cayman they stood up reservists and vehicles and then deployed more than 800 packages of emergency water and food supplies to families from East End to West Bay. This just uh, was a fantastic team effort and a huge, huge um, support from Fosters and from NCI to, to make sure this, this emergency food and water got out to the families in need. And it just goes to show again how useful it is to have a reserve regiment in command that can stand up in times of emergencies. In other local news, radio silence from several government agencies with regard to recommendations from the Public Accounts Committee will be addressed during tomorrow's hearing. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller reports. Auditor General Sue Winspear tells Radio Cayman Wednesday's meeting will be to give the PAC an opportunity to address a, quote, major accountability gap by several government entities. As part of the audit process, my office routinely follows up on implementation of the recommendations that we and the Public Accounts Committee have made as a result of performance audit reports and the PAC's hearings on these reports. The OAG published its first follow-up on past PAC recommendation reports back in July 2017, and a further report was published the next year, which covered all PAC reports that had been tabled in the then-Legislative Assembly by March 2018 and that the government had responded to by the end of June 2018. The office's intention was to prepare annual updates to the PAC on the implementation of its recommendations. However, we did not prepare an updated report in 2019 or 2020 as the government has not formally responded to most of the PAC reports that were tabled between September 2018 and July 2020 until... October 2020. In October 2018, Ms. Winspear reported that Cayman's government was making good progress in implementing the Public Accounts Committee and OAG recommendations, albeit slow. She now says it's, quote, disappointing that since then the government has fallen significantly behind in its reporting of progress in implementing the recommendations. A number of government minutes were tabled in the last quarter of 2020, but many of the formal responses were late. Some were tabled more than a year after the three-month timescale required by Parliament's standing orders. As of February 2021, the government had not formally responded to five PAC reports. This is a, quote, major accountability gap, according to the Auditor General. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. The Public Accounts Committee, the PAC, meets tomorrow in the House of Parliament. We will be carrying it live on Breeze FM. By the way, the government has also scheduled a press briefing for this coming Thursday. The Speaker of Parliament sends his congratulations to the newly installed Prime Minister of the Bahamas, the Honorable Philip Davis. I have noted with interest that Mr. Davis has committed to serving all the people of the Bahamas, which speaks to his character and dedication. The people have demonstrated that as a nation they seek 
his leadership undertaking and commitment to ensure that opportunities reach. The Honorable Makiva Bush has lauded the new prime minister on his, quote, landslide victory in the country's recent snap polls, adding the victory is a testament to the conviction and confidence the people have in their new leader. Philip Brave Davis, the leader of the Progressive Liberal Party, was sworn in as the fifth prime minister of the Commonwealth of the Bahamas on Friday during a private ceremony at the office of the governor general. Celebrate seniors in the Cayman Islands this Friday with Meals on Wheels. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Sollins tells us how. Instead of the usual thank God it's Friday celebrations, why not also take part in Seniors Rock? It's a Meals on Wheels initiative to get the community involved with ending senior hunger island-wide. Meals on Wheels General Manager Jennifer West. This Seniors Rock event is critical to our ongoing services to the community. Due to the increased cost in food, along with an ever-increasing list of new referrals, we need to raise at least $33,000 to cover the cost of meals for one month. Taking part is simple. You can purchase official Meals on Wheels merchandise. There are polos, t-shirts, shopping bags, and more. Or you can opt to wear your best orange outfit and make a donation to participate in Seniors Rock Dress Down Day on Friday, September 24th. As people consider their, their donations for Seniors Rock, For the cost of a cup of coffee, you can feed a senior for a day. Sponsor a senior by pledging to provide meals. At just $5 a day, anyone can help. For just $25, you can feed a senior for one week, or $125 for one month, or $1,300 for an entire year. Every weekday, over 130 Meals on Wheels volunteers deliver meals to 315 seniors, homebound, and disabled persons. Meals are provided free of charge to these clients, a feat only made possible by the generosity of companies, schools, and individuals. The meals that we provide at Meals on Wheels are so important to our seniors because it is, for many, the only hot meal that they receive each day. And it's not just the meal that we're providing, it's also the interaction that they get with our volunteers. To place an order or register a Seniors Rock Dress Down Day event at your school or office, or for more information about volunteering, contact Meals on Wheels at 769-1947 or email info at mealsonwheels.ky. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Sollins. And of course, you can find out more about the nonprofit at mealsonwheels.ky. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. For Radio Cayman Sports, I'm Felicia Rankin-Sollins. The donation link is still open if you'd like to contribute to a fundraising effort that saw a group of swimmers perform an extraordinary challenge. As you heard during Radio Cayman's Monday Night Sports Report, the group participated in the five-mile open sea swim from West End Point on Cayman Brack to Point of Sand on Little Cayman as a fundraiser for the Central Caribbean Marine Institute. One of the swimmers, James, spoke with CIGTV before the event on Saturday. So there's 15 of us. We're uh, about to hop in at the end here and um, swim, hopefully, in a reasonably straight line to Point of Sand at, uh, on Little Cayman. The CCMI does, in my view, sort of three things. It raises awareness and runs education programs so that people are aware of the asset that we've got around us. They do a huge amount of research that has a presence and a relevance to the, uh, to the international research in, um, in, into coral and marine diversity. And they also protect, um, you know, they're cultivating, they've got a coral farm there and they're learning which corals can deal with the consequences of global warming and, and, and trying to really kind of um, propagate that and, and, and create that diversity. So 
to me, you know, it's underwater, so many people can't see it, but it's such a such a uh, precious resource. It's it's so important that we that we do the right thing. Central Caribbean Marine Institute's Dr. Gretchen Goodbody Grinkley says the money raised is all about education. And that will initiate our first inaugural scholarship program, so the Cayman Bogue Swim Scholarship, which will fund local Caymanian students to come over and learn about the marine environment on Little Cayman. They've now exceeded 51,000 U.S. dollars in sponsorships and donations towards CCMI as a result of this event. If you'd like to celebrate their achievement, you can contribute online at reefresearch.org. Recently, the Cayman Islands Special Olympics team visited Cayman Brac to speak to residents more about volunteering for the organization. Eric Webster is with SOCL. Recently, the Cayman Islands Special Olympics team visited to tell residents more about volunteering with the organization. We just want to give a general informational session to the Cayman Brac community. just want to spread the Special Olympics program into this country. So we are now just currently in Grand Cayman, but we want to spread over the Cayman Brac because we know that Special Olympics Cayman Islands, we want to encompass the three islands overall. That's our goal. So we're looking for volunteers who want to um, make a positive impact on the youth here in the Cayman Brac. So we want to make sure that persons are truly enthused. They want to contribute their time and at the end of the day, just want to make a positive impact. You want to get the athletes something positive to do on their free time. And at the end of the day, they'll be rewarded with competition and hopefully with success in medals. Audio there courtesy of CIG-TV. There is a date change for the Men's Charity Shield match and CPL. The executive committee has decided at last night's meeting to move the Men's Charity Shield match to October 10th and the Cayman Premier League's first round to October 16th and 17th, 2021. The Women's Premier League and Men's First Division starting dates will be circulated as soon as the technical department reviews the calendar and makes a proposal for consideration. Kamana Bay Aquatic Club starts the season with a new head swim coach and new assistant coach. Radio Cayman's April Cummings has more. The 2021-2022 aquatics season at the Kamana Bay Pool kicks off under the leadership of newly promoted head swim coach Grant Ferguson. Ferguson has coached at the club since 2019 and has been instrumental in the club's evolution to a parent and coach-run club after members took over its operations from DART. Cayman's youngest ever Olympian, Jillian Crooks, also benefited from Ferguson's coaching on her recent journey to Tokyo. With the help of the club's hiring committee, one of Ferguson's first responsibilities was to recruit a new assistant coach. Fellow South African Rob Harrington has been hired and is currently in Cayman, expected to exit quarantine this week. April Cummings, Radio Cayman Sports. And congratulations are in order to CML after their team took the top spot at the Cayman Islands Red Cross's 23rd annual golf tournament at North Sound Golf Club. More than 100 golfers participated in the event, which raises funds for local community programs organized by the Red Cross. And that's the latest for Radio Cayman Sports. I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins.